I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm Karaski Melvin. Basketball is coming down the home stretch for the men and women. Softball takes its show on the road in Clearwater, Florida. But first, this week's beginning of the Raging Cajun baseball season. Louisiana looks to build off of last year's 37 and 23 season, where they reached the NCAA regionals for the first time since 2016. Six position players from that squad are back, including preseason All-SBC selections Carson Rockefort and Julian Brock. The first game is Rice, the first series. Head coach Matt Deggs talked about the expectations for this first weekend road trip. Just go out and play our game. Fast, hard, and loose, and, and uh, you know, get off the bus ready to throw down. If we can do that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So I know our expectation levels are really high, and it's taken a long time to get to that point, but they are. Uh, and so, like I said, it's one game at a time. Uh, but, you know, it's cliche, but it's true. And you can't look too far out. Uh, we got to do whatever it takes to get that first one. So uh, our expectation is go over, try to uh, quell any anxiety or try to do too much type stuff, put a season together and one at bat type stuff, and uh, just play good, uh, rock solid baseball. Now, in game one, Top of the third, Cajuns up 2-1. Carson Rockefort would fly out. That would allow Kyle DeBarge to come home to score, making it 3-1. Bottom of the sixth, bases loaded. Jack Rydell gets a walk, and Rice takes a 4-3 lead. Top of the eighth with a Cajun on and the Cajuns down. Heath Hood changes all of that with a swing of the bat. That two-run shot puts the Cajuns up on top of again. Hood had three RBI on the night. Go to the bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, owls everywhere. Again, nowhere to really put them. Drew Holderbach would ground out, ending the game. Louisiana would win game one, five to four. Now to game two, top of the first, no score on that one. Rockefort goes to right, and Kyle DeBarge scores all the way from first. Cajuns would go up four nothing in the top of the second. Carson Rockefort at the dish again, and this time he can trot on that one. A two-run shot, part of a four-run second for Louisiana. 7-0 in the fifth. C.J. Willis, single to right. Cajuns win that one 11-2, 11-2. Now, could they avoid the sweep? Scoreless in the top of the second. C.J. Willis going to the gap. Two runs come around to score. Same inning, bases loaded again. Heath Hood, he will get two runs to come in off of a base hit of his own. 5-5 in the bottom of the fifth. Olderback, he takes it high, deep, and history. Rice now up by one. Top of the seventh, bases loaded. Louisiana down 7-5. Another two-run hit for Willis. That ties things up at sevens. Then, bottom of the seventh, bases loaded for Rice. Manny Garza gets hit by the pitch. Rice takes the lead, and they do not surrender it again. Owls save off the sweep, winning 12-8. Cajun softball, first weekend of wins is good, starting point for them. But things definitely got a lot tougher. That's that schedule we've been talking about. The trip to the Tax Act Clearwater Invitational starts it. 
Michigan, UCLA, Florida State, just a few of those opponents. So a strong mindset is needed for this young ball club. This team is very deep and, and very talented, and there's, you know, just just learning to play together and learning to to play every day with that pressure of, you know, they, they, first they start thinking they got to have a great day every day or somebody's going to replace them because there's so much talent on the bench. And then they get they finally get to a point where they just understand just do the best you can do and go out and compete. And you don't have to do it by yourself, which is a great feeling. First game of the Invitational for Louisiana was Indiana. Top first with a runner on Alexis Langlier straight up the middle for an RBI single for the Cajuns. Top second, 2-0 Cajuns after this Carly Heath home run. Bottom of the inning with a runner on Megan Shorman, the swinging strikeout there ending the inning. In the bottom of the fourth, Victoria Valdez with a runner at third. She delivers with a double. Cajuns win that game 4-1. Up next for them is another team out of the Big Ten. That would be Michigan. Top of the second, Louisiana down a run. Taylor Eshte singles to third. Valdez scores. Cecilia Vasquez gets tagged out at third. That ends the inning. Bottom of the inning, 2-1 Michigan. Alea Mataya brings in two with a base knock. That's part of a five-run inning. 6-1 in the top of the fourth inning. Stormy Kotselnik at the dish. She is up. She goes out. That's good for three. Her first big fly of the year to date. Cajuns get two within one. And in the top of the seventh, Laura Jakowski strikes out Sophie Piscos to end the game. Cajuns suffer their first loss of the season, seven to six. Saturday, Louisiana Megan Shorman took on number five, Oklahoma State to start the day. Bottom second, no score. Air Jordan Campbell. Homer number one makes it one to nothing. Cajuns. Same inning with a runner on third. Cecilia Vasquez drops in a single, making it two nothing Louisiana. Top of the third, bases loaded. Kylie Naomi at the plate. She is in the house. She is out of the house. A grand slam home run there. Then at the top of the fifth, it's seven to two Oklahoma State. Bases loaded again. Grand slam again, this time off the bat of Morgan Wynn. Oklahoma State wins 12-2 in five. Later that day, they took on number four, Arkansas. Louisiana down two in the bottom of the first. Alexis Langliers grounds into a double play that allows Maddie Hayden to score. Top of the second, Ryland Hedgecock, home run power. Arkansas scored five times in that inning. Bottom of the second, 7-4 Hogs. Langliers grounds out. Kayla Falterman scores. That's part of a four-run Louisiana inning. Bottom four, bases loaded. Shanice Delche's pitch gets away. That lets Carly Heath score. Razorbacks, however, would hold on to win 7-6. On Sunday, Cajuns took on number two, UCLA. 2-1 Bruins in the fourth with two on. Maddie Hayden smokes one to center. Both runs come home, and Louisiana is leading the number two softball team in the country. Top of the seventh inning now. Savvy Ola sends one to left. That'll tie things up in the game. UCLA was down to their final out. Then next batter is Maya Brady. She goes to right. The outfield throw is offline. That allows Polo to come around to score the winning run. Bruins win four to three. And then the Cajuns finish their day with number seven, Florida State. Bottom first, Mac Leonard. She leaves the yard, making it one to nothing, FSU. Then the bottom of the second, Kirsten Hartley 
Out that goes. A three-run big fly. That has Louisiana down by four. Top of the six, the Cajuns are down by five. They finally get on the board. Laney Crater gets an RBI ground out. That'll bring a run home. Then bottom of the six, 6 to FSU. Leonard, once again, another home run. Seminoles win 10-2 in six. We have more Inside Cajun Nation to come. After the break, we have the latest on the basketball team as the regular season comes closer and closer to its conclusion. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Inside Cajun Nation is back. Thanks for staying around. On to basketball. Entering the week, the UL men had won 10 of its last 12 and were 11-0 at the Cajun Dome. No small feat for the Cajuns and head coach Bob Marlin. Now, let's go to the Cajun Dome where they hosted ULM. They've won seven of the last 10. Jordan Brown with 1,000-point recognition. Themus Folks, a pass to Terrence Lewis with a layup. And then floater here. The Warhawks is good, but that was about all that was good for the Warhawks in the first half. It was the Cajuns' production of the Themis Folks score show. He hits threes. He hits another three. He will later have an assist to Jordan Brown. Cajuns dominate 84-67. Coach Marlin on the player of the night, Themis Folks. You came here to help us win games that we, we let go in the second half. And I said, you, we just left two on the table. You know, and he played good at Southern Miss. He did not play good at Troy. But uh, he came out and he was focused. He was ready. And to, to hit a couple of early threes for him, I mean, he's three for six from three. That's, that's huge. He made a beautiful reverse layup. Uh, did some really good things for us. So he's definitely one of our leaders. I just take what the defense gives. I mean, I'm trying to look for my teammates and trying to get them shots. But, I mean, if the shot is there and I got it going, I know they got faith to be to make the shot as well. So that's how it went. It felt like a normal game. Like, I didn't really want to put too much pressure on this game. Like, of course, this is a must win if we want to win the conference. But <clears throat> I just felt like I felt, I felt good when the tip came. And I was getting open shots, and I just wanted to take advantage of my opportunities. Cajuns played at James Madison on Saturday. First half, Cajuns down by three. Jordan Brown with a sweet shot. He posted his sixth double-double of the season. Louisiana up a deuce. Joe Charles in the corner for three. Cajuns up one in the second half. Terrence Edwards wraps a nice assist to Mezzi Offerum. Tied at 62. Vardo Morse, deep three. James Madison wins 74-68. On to the women. Louisiana ended a two-game losing skid at South Alabama. Last week, in doing so, head coach Gary Broadhead picked up his 100th victory in the conference. Team had a couple more road tests this week. Cajuns took on ULM at Fenton Ewing on Thursday. First quarter, Warhawks up five. Mariah Stewart goes to the glass and gets it in for two. Second quarter, Cajuns up by one. Destiny Rice with a drive and with the foul. Louisiana up by two in the third. Lene Wheaton would connect for three and hit it there, connecting. And then later on, more from Wheaton, she would get the theft, would go all the way. She had 14 points on the day. Cajuns win 57-46. On Saturday, Cajuns took on Arkansas State. Red Wolves up, 8-0. Izzy Higginbotham added three more. Cajuns were outscored 21-2 in the first quarter. 31-14, Arkansas State in the second quarter. Higginbotham makes the lead, a 20-point lead. 
Cajuns looking to chip into the lead, though. 37-23 home team. Jalen James would feed the pass to Tamara Johnson for the finish. However, the Cajuns could not overcome that first quarter and lose 69-59. Next on Inside Cajun Nation, we learn about how women's head coach Gary Broadhead became head coach. Welcome back to the show. In life, people get many opportunities. Meet a new person, try a new meal, or even take on a new job. In fact, according to the Bureau of Labor, the average worker holds 10 different jobs before the age of 40. Not exactly the case for UL women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. He's been the head man for 11 years, and his path, a unique one. Sports director George Faust introduces us to the farming coach. This is where we're used to seeing Louisiana Raging Cajun women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. Walking the sidelines of the program he's built and cultivated for more than a decade. But before he took the whistle and dedicated his life to coaching, Gary learned the value of hard work, not only on the basketball court, but by watching his family and their strong work ethic running various family businesses. They talk about what Cajun people are, and they're honest people. I mean, I'm one, even though my last name's Broadhead, I'm really a Pontan, a Delahousie. I'm, I'm, I got a lot of Gidry. I'm, 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 you know, Gidry's hardware is my grandfather. You know, it's just like, that's all my people, we call it. And, you know, it's just honesty. But learning from the culture, you know, how hard work can really bring you success. And I think that was the biggest thing that I was taught. Gary graduated from USL in 1980, headed from the graduation stage to his father-in-law's farm. We were farmers, you know, uh, growing soybeans and wheat and, and all that uh, right out of high school. It allowed me to coach during the, uh, during the winter times because we didn't have no crop. We grew up not hunting and fishing that much, but playing basketball, you know. And so when I had an opportunity to coach and, and, and do something that, you know, I really loved the farming part of it, you know, I was blessed. To, you know, my father-in-law had a big farm, and I, you know, when I married his daughter, I was able to, to kind of join the big farm, and 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 you know, it was it was learned a lot. Those lessons led him to become the first, and at the time, the only farmer in the region growing cucumbers. The family began to grow cucumbers because soybean prices in the mid '80s started to tail off. Here I am, 20-something years old, and trying to be the first one in Louisiana to try to grow cucumbers for pickles, you know, and Cajun Chef Products, Jimmy B.R. and them were involved in it. Uh, but the, Dr. DeSalle here at UL approached our, our farm about doing it, and we started with 10 acres, and that 10 acres led to, you know, 1,000 acres, you know, later on in life. As life tends to do, Gary's two loves, farming and coaching, came to a head. A seed planted by another passionate young basketball coach in the area, STM's Danny Broussard, helped him with that. Danny told him, follow your passion. He said, man, I'm envious of you. Know, but, you know, you're doing what you love. He said, I wish I was coaching. I said, why don't you? And I think he kind of looked at me like I said, it's not too late. And I said, look, I said, you know, Andrew had a nice little shop at the time. I said, well, I just got a nice store, shop. You're making money, income. You, you could probably still do a little bit of farming. Go back and get your degree and become a coach. And about three years later, he gets introduced as the Turling's head coach, and I said, I'll be darned. <laughs> With that extra bit of motivation, Gary began to transition from farmer to coach. He eventually decides, with the blessing of his wife, 
to leave the crops and head to the courts full time. And you have to have a wife that's really understanding. That's the number one thing. I would have never been able to do it if she didn't understand what my real passion was, was the coaching stuff. And so here I am, we're doing really well. You know, we built a house. We, I mean, we're really moving forward with the farm. To me, when you try to extend it for more than 20 years, you're gonna run into some bad times. And I hadn't really ran into any bad time. And I was kind of concerned about that. I was like, man, we really in a good position. We have a chance to get out and you know move into you know something that I really want to do and kind of almost like retiring into the coaching part of it to get some good looks on the transition. Oh, you know that. Thus, a prosperous career began to bud as an AAU coach, high school coach, winning a state championship with Turlings in 2002, then heading to McNeese to get college experience as an associate head coach. And then for the past 11 seasons, leading the Raging Cajun women's team to some of the most successful years in program history, winning 183 games and leading the Cajuns to their first Sunbelt Conference regular season championship and first ever appearance in the women's in IT. Broadhead's success rooted in the lessons he learned from his family and while no one knows what's in store for the future, you can bet whether it's surveying a cucumber farm or roaming the sidelines as a basketball coach, one thing rings true. He'll do it with passion. We shift to men's basketball next on Inside Cajun Nation. George goes one-on-one -on -one with Louisiana men's head basketball coach Bob Marlin. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation, everyone. George Faust here. We've decided to take it on the road for the second time in three weeks, and we are joined by the head men's basketball coach for the Raging Cajuns, Coach Bob Marlin. Coach, thanks for the time. And let's just talk about this, the way the season's going. You guys heading into this weekend, you guys are on a 10-game win streak. Uh, to have a win streak like that, it, it requires, I guess, Luck and talent, right? Yeah, it's a lot of hard work goes into a lot of preparation. The guys have done a tremendous job. Our staff's done a great job, George. And we've played well in every game. We've won games in a different fashion. So it's been a fun streak, and uh, we're excited about trying to keep it moving. You still have, what, about two weeks left, uh, give or take, in the season, in, in, in the regular season. Uh, what do you tell the team about, you know, the way to finish a year off, especially when you've had some success? You know, you might stub your toe a little bit, but, but hey, let's keep, keep moving forward. We've got a good reminder from that because the 2018 team that won 27 wins and, and, and had a school record for a number of wins, won 10 in a row, got beat at Georgia State in a close game, and then we, we rolled off six more in a row, and then we lost the last game on senior night. So. We've been through this before, and we just need to stay focused, take it one game at a time, and know that we need to play our best in March. Well, when uh, over the past few weeks, uh, some of the, one of the guys that I've kind of like just been really impressed with is, is Greg Williams and, and his ability to kind of. Uh, it seems like he elevated his play over the last few games. Is that something you're seeing and what you're expecting postseason? Uh, this postseason run here. Well, he is elevating his game. There's no question. I think he scored 20 or more points in five or six straight games. He's played excellent defense. He's a leader in our locker room and and captain and. Uh, I, I think the world of Greg, we expected this of him immediately because we saw it in high school, we saw it at St. John's. Last year he had a tough go for a while uh, with a bad back 
and that, that limited his practice time, and he lost some confidence, but he came on at the end of the year. He played through it and made the all-tournament team, and now he's on course to be all-conference. When you look at uh, just the way this team has come together, you've had success when you take these off-season trips and, and you go out of town and, and, and they kind of get together and they, it seems like the chemistry of the team that year is pretty good. You've had success with that in the past. Do you, can you attribute that, those trips in the, in the off-season to, to the success now or, or is it just kind of a, uh, it happenstance? No, I think it's part of the, the journey. And if you go back to 14, we took a team to Spain. We won the tournament with NCAA the next year. 2017, we went to Cuba for a week, and then we came back and, and as we said, won 27 games, school record, so uh, regular season championship. So this year going to Puerto Rico, we felt like our guys were already close. Now we're able to practice more in, in June and July than we used to, so that those 10 extra practices don't really mean as much, but we've been together since day one, and it only strengthened our bond. Yeah, and and what's interesting is I asked you this a couple of weeks ago uh, at one of our regular press conferences about the depth of this team. It, it, it seems like you guys are like I mean, how many do you play? Eight, nine, ten? You you feel comfortable putting a lot of people in? We've played ten basically every night, mm -hmm. and uh, we've got eleven and twelve are good players. They're young. They're and they just having trouble cracking the, the minutes right now. They're both going to be excellent players, but. Uh, usually like to play nine or ten. So when you when you uh, look at uh, kind of setting the, the, the schedule or uh, setting the rest of the season up uh, as, as you kind of move forward, what do you tell the team about uh, staying focused with this, this last stretch run that you guys have? You just continue to do your job. You know, we're more than two, two thirds of the way through conference season, as you alluded to earlier, and we've done a great job of staying focused, preparing, and then carrying the game plan out and the guys are performing. So we're just going to continue that and, and take it game by game and get ready for Pensacola. I wanted to ask you about the, the fans and, and obviously that, that game where the, the, the Cajun chicken returned and uh, it seemed like there was a, a lot of excitement surrounding that. I had over 5,000 uh, fans in the, in the Cajun Dome. Uh, that, that had to be a fun atmosphere to play in. It was a great atmosphere and it was good to see children there. We had a lot of young, young families and basketball teams and they came down the court uh, but it was a, a good night for all and I think most people left with a smile on their face Saturday night. What do you look for out of this team moving forward? I mean what are your expectations? I know I know you you know this team pretty well. What do you think this team can do uh, moving forward and obviously the goal is to get to the tournament but uh, what are you seeing as a coach? Yeah we're trying to stay on them and push them, you know, that extra mile and, mm -hmm. and let them dig deep and, and do things that they haven't done before. Uh, you know, we think there's more in some of these guys. So that's our job as coaches to try to pull it out. And we're going to continue to to lead and get these guys ready uh, for the tournament. We would like to win the regular season. We'd like to go undefeated at home. We'd like to win the tournament. And we'd like to go win games in NCAA. And, if things fall right and we avoid injury, I think we can do it this time. Coach, thanks for the time as always. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're always welcome on Inside Cajun Nation, no doubt about it. I always love chatting with you. Thanks, George. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.